This is the I Read Comic Books podcast, the very best podcast for regular comic book fans. I'm your host, Mike Rappin, and joining me this week, the smell of hundreds of Pokemon cards strewn across the table, and that feeling when you pull a rare art card. Brian Murray. Hello. And Paloma. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you both for joining me this week. Uh, I'm very much in the mindset, not of comic books, but of Pokemon cards, so I'm very sorry that all conversations are going to lead back that direction, but uh, I'm... I'm very excited, regardless, to talk about comic books today with both of you. Today is a very special episode, and we're breaking a little bit from our new format in order to go back to the old format. I'm sorry, that's like a whirlwind of things, but we're today we're going to be talking about Paloma, our good pal, our good friend, uh, second newest person to join IRCB, but we're going to get to that in the second half. Instead, I have two legally mandated questions that I have to ask, as I do on every single episode of this show. That is, how have you been? How have comic books been? Let's start with you, Paloma. Hi, Mike. I'm doing pretty dang good. The sun is shining and I'll pretend it's not because of fossil fuel emissions and all that jazz. And um... mm-hmm. Appreciate the nice weather without thinking <laughs> about the ramifications. Exactly. Exactly. And I think comics have been great. There's been some great number one, some great ongoing stuff. And what really caught my eye this time around is a new book from Image called The Cabinet. First issue just Mm. came out. And the art's really awesome. It's a writing duo of Jordan Hart and David Ebeltoft. And with uh, artists, is the artist's first American series. The artist's name is Chiara Raimondi. Um, She's Italian and has done like more work in Italy. And uh, I think Marguerite Savage, question mark, does the uh, variants. So draws in a lot of nice. appeal. And it's about a young girl whose family has this cabinet. And you put in a bunch of doohickeys in this cabinet that you collect throughout the world. And it's supposed to like maybe unleash a super positive special power to help the world. But if you do it wrong, which Avani, our young heroine, did, uh, it unleashes a demon. And... The demon has, like, goons, if you will, and her parents are slaughtered just because she made one little mishap. Flash forward seven years later, she's trying to collect all the items again to rectify her wrongs with the help of her farm boy bestie, Trent. Um, Okay. It's pretty wild. Yeah. I couldn't say I was expecting a slaughter in the beginning. Same. Yeah, Yeah, with the way you were talking about it, I was like, oh, this sounds like a cute book, and then slaughter came out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so... Fun read. The art's like kind of like very loose, has like some sketching elements in the line work, which I always like. It feels like approachable and like fun to read. It reminded me a lot of Seven Secrets by Tom yeah. Taylor from Boom Studios, mm-hmm. where it's like some sort of secret society, some sort of secret device with things and globe trotting. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to see where where it goes. I low key don't know what's going on going on. Which is classic <laughs> number one miniseries. Okay, okay. But I'm excited for more. And again, like the art is fun. Sometimes mm-hmm. the dialogue, like the the slang, is feels dated. But I guess it's 1991. So what you can say all those things. They're just saying doodad like, and doohickey, and I'm just don't. Oh, I'm not used to reading that in real life. I see. Okay. I thought it was just like nonstop, just like radical, dude. Maybe no. We should throw something else in the cabinet. <laughs> no, it's not like reading a TMNT script. Okay. 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 See, my head went to the other things that we thought it was okay to say in the early 90s. And I was like, oh boy, that's rough. <laughs> no, just just cringe. Just but cringe. in a fine okay. way. Interesting. I, I always like a good five issue miniseries from mm-hmm. Image. Um, this sounds kind of fun. Um, I, I For some reason, this reminded me of a movie, and I cannot remember what the name of it is. And if the name that I'm remembering is right, I'm not going to say it out loud. Um, <laughs> something something in the cabinet, I think, is what it is. And there, you like put a little figurine inside of this cabinet, and then it opens up, and you, it comes to life. Um, I believe it's called The Indian in the Cupboard. Okay, that's wow. what it is. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, because there's like a little like a little Native American statue that gets put in this thing, comes to life, and then they put all these other toys in there. I was wondering if it was going to go that way and try to like reclaim the idea of that story without it being like very problematic. Because I, if I remember correctly, there's a lot of really bad like just stereotypical things that come out of that cabinet or cupboard, I guess, in that in that book or that movie. So um, I don't know. This sounds like there's there's murder. So maybe I don't know. <laughs> a little different. A little different. 
Um, but I'll, I'll have to give this a look. I mean, one, maybe once it comes out mm-hmm. together in trade, maybe it'll make a little bit more sense. Um, oh, yeah. If you're saying that the first issue is a little tough, uh, maybe it'll be, it'll be better as like a full volume. So um, really cool. Brian, what about you? How have you been? How have comic books been? Uh, I've been pretty good. Um, I've expanded my fossil collection this past week. I now I now officially own an insect trapped in amber, which has been like a lifelong dream. Oh, hell uh, yeah. It is like the size of my thumbnail, the whole piece. So it's teeny tiny, but mm-hmm. but it's mine. Uh, comics wise, I have been I, I watched uh, the first couple of episodes of the solo leveling anime. And so I decided I was going to blow through that entire series, uh, but only talk about uh, volume one today. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, this is originally based on, I believe it was a light novel by Chugong, comic by Dubu Redice Studios. And I'm sorry if those are bad credits. That's all Amazon will give me. Okay. I, 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 I truly spent so much time trying to figure out if those are the right credits or not. <laughs> uh This takes place in a world much like our own, except that shortly, a little while in the past, um, a bunch of portals to magical dungeons started opening. And if those dungeons aren't dealt with in a short enough time, the monsters start to spill out. Uh, So these so-called hunters are people who have been like, they had their magic power awakened when the portals opened. And they're the only ones who can stop these monsters because they're magical and they're immune to conventional weaponry. They, they get sorted into tiers based on their power from, you know, S rank to E rank because, you know, it's it's very much like video game isekai adjacent type uh-huh. stuff. Uh, but the trick here is that you can't actually get stronger in this world. Like you can get better at fighting and stuff, but mm-hmm. your power level is like locked in until we meet our hero, Jin Wu Sung, affectionately known as the weakest hunter of all mankind. Because he's <laughs> he's this E rank dipshit who just signs on as like a, a an extra like a jobber just to fill in people's parties. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the only one who manages to stay like solve the 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 puzzle the riddle or whatever you want to call it of this dungeon he winds up in, and he nearly dies but unlocks the ability to level up and normally i don't go in on this kind of like video game mechanics uh in in the world kind of thing Mm -hmm. uh because it's usually attached to some kind of isekai nonsense but in this case our like jinwoo is also confused about it all Mm -hmm. like he's going through life like what the fuck i have strength points and daily quests now what do i do with this (laughs) Wait, okay. So the way that you first described this, I was like, oh, like the idea of the story has. It's like Kaiju number eight, where they're like, oh, this person, blah, blah, blah. They have these things that are like analyzed by machines. You're saying like actual video game style like prompts show up to them? Just for him. Okay, okay. okay. Nobody else can see them. Nobody else can like level up. He basically unlocked the ability to become a player in the game instead of an NPC. <laughs> yes, yes. And so... The whole story is him like trying to amass power because if he can clear this one dungeon, he can get uh, a magical cure to his mom's illness. Okay. And along the way, it's him like gaining more power and becoming more monstrous himself Mm -hmm. over time. Like he can feel his grip on his humanity starting to slip as he becomes less and less like other humans. Uh, So it's, it's really good. I really like it. Um, it is kind of like a very basic power fantasy. So if that kind of thing doesn't work for you, I probably wouldn't recommend it. Though I will say that it it steers away from the anime bullshit of like my power fantasy that also includes collecting a harem of teenage cat girls. <laughs> because that's where most of these stories go. And I was terrified this one was going to go <laughs> the same way. Uh, but it hasn't in the first six volumes. So okay. my my hopes are high that we're safe cool so so you've read the first six volumes you've watched i don't know how far you got in the anime how how do you like the comparison i guess like going from light novel to anime to manga like i don't know if you read the light novel but at least how does the anime and the manga compare uh i like them both i think i like the anime a little bit better okay uh just because in, in some of the fight scenes it's just easier to track what's going on 
when you're not going panel to panel, you're actually following movement. Yeah. I read um, one piece. And there are some, some pretty <laughs> badass fight scenes in this. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely like a, like a fun adventure that it, it has potential really to talk more about like dehumanization and, you know, the, the classic, uh, he who fights with monsters must take care not to become one mm. idea. It, it's it's pretty cool. I'm liking it a lot so far. Very cool. Very cool. Danny in the chat is saying that the anime is very good and everyone's upset that there's no harem in this manga. So I don't know, Brian. Maybe you're the one that doesn't like this. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just the fucking loser, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, sounds That sounds really cool, though. I do like... I do like what you what you described. It reminds me for some reason of like dot hack. And I know almost nothing about that other than a friend of mine in middle school was really into it. And the idea of it was really cool. And then I tried to read the manga and watch some of the anime and play some of the video games. And it was way too much. Um, but this sounds like a much more approachable version of that in my head for some reason. So uh, maybe I'll give this a check if I can maybe find it at the library or something. Um, yeah, I, I can. I can definitely see this taking up a lot of real estate in your brain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. So, well, for me, for me, let me talk about what's been going on uh, on my end. I, I'm, I'm really sorry, but I have to talk about some Pokemon stuff because I have uh, fallen deep, and this is all Nick White's fault, um, into this Pokemon card collecting world, and uh, to the point where I was advertised something on Instagram about like a nearby, like literally up the road from where I live, um, card show in heavy quotes there at, at a local hotel um, where they've rented out like the big ballroom and they put a ton of vendors that are selling like rare Pokemon cards and magic cards and a lot of One Piece cards. I saw Naruto cards, um, a lot of very popular just, you know, Japanese trading card games that have been ported over to the United States. And um, so I did that uh, yesterday and I was telling everybody before we started recording today that it was everybody who I, I approached at this little convention thing. I was like, oh, I'm here to buy cards. I'm looking for stuff, trying to trying to build up my deck. We're all so surprised that I was buying cards to actually use them for play, not just for collectability and resellability, because everybody was trying to like upsell me on, hey, if you buy this card for me, it's a pretty good deal. You probably could resell it somewhere else for a better price. And I'm like, not about that life at all. It's hard enough having all of the comic books like behind me, you can see on camera here in my house, to think of the idea of reselling those at a price that would get me even more than a dollar each, right? Let alone these individual tiny pieces of, of cardboard to try to sell them on eBay or trading card player or whatever. So I was like, no, 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 I'm just here to buy cards to play. Um, and it was to the point where like I was buying cards out of people's like very nicely kept together sleeved like I don't know, like booklets that they had with these nice like mylar things around them. And I'm pulling the cards out and then putting them directly into my pocket with just a really weak, flimsy plastic <laughs> thing in, around them. Like, I, I don't want to say anybody looked at me with like horror, but they were all shocked that I was just buying these things to be like, no, I'm going to take this home and just play with it. Like it's going to be in my deck. I, I'm only buying this for playability, even though this is like the shiny rare art, blah, 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 because that's what most people were selling. Um, but it was like nice. Now I have these cards that I can flex on people if I ever play against someone to be like, yeah, I've got the rare art for this Tinkaton uh, because I'm building this <laughs> really problematic deck where you have to build your hand size to a million so I can just one shot every single one of your Pokemon. But that's an entirely different conversation. So that's where my head's been for like the past 72 hours as I was mentally prepping all the cards I wanted to buy and then actually going and being overwhelmed with how many cards were there to the point where I did actually buy some One Piece cards um, that I didn't think I was going to. But they had these really, really nice Sniper King like gold foiled cards that I bought for like five bucks each. I'm very happy. All right, Nick, get it together. Listen, I all right. All right. I know. I know. <laughs> um, this is all Nick's fault. That's what I said at the start uh, because he got me this Pokemon box of cards and now I just can't stop. Um, but I am budgeting. I'll just say that I'm budgeting, mixing it up between comics and, and Pokemon cards. But I did read some comic books. I promise you that I read a bunch of comics that I actually didn't like this week. So I don't want to talk about them, which is funny. Uh, because I just, I don't know, I don't feel like ripping anybody apart, but I do want to talk about one book that I know a lot of you are familiar with. I think Paloma, you're familiar with this. I think a lot of people listening are familiar with this, and that is Naruto. Um, I mentioned, I think last week that I started reading Naruto. I'm like another, I'm 40 chapters in. I read chapters 24 through 40 since our last show. I got through, uh, I guess if you don't know Naruto, it's a story about a kid named Uzumaki Naruto, a wild child with, who no one likes, and it's because, uh, and it's because of that that he wants to become the Hakoge of his village in order to finally get everyone to respect him. But it turns out the reason no one likes him is because within him is a great nine-tailed 
fox beast that uh, the current Hakoge uh, trapped within him as a baby after it nearly destroyed his village. I think that's right. Right, Paloma? I read that story right? Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Um, but I also think that no one likes him because Naruto's a little asshole. Um, <laughs> he's also kind of like a shithead character. But maybe when you spend your whole life, uh, you know, being disliked by most people you encounter, you start to act out. So I guess I really can't blame him for kind of being like a little little jerk around town. Uh, but anyways, where I'm at in the story, um, I've gotten through the first like arc where Naruto, Sasuke and Sakura's their first big mission. They go out with uh their their mentor kakashi is that who it is mm-hmm. um yeah thank you uh they, I, Paloma, i'm so glad that you're here you are to just, n- you're new I, this is so fresh for I, you it's it's so good um but I, I really liked their first mission they fought against the uh haku and zabuza momochi uh, it was so over the top we got to see naruto actually like flex and be powerful on top of like showing that he's a heart because he wanted to help this little kid um but now i'm in like the first what i'm calling tournament arc um, and heavy quotes because we've gotten a bunch of new faces and a bunch of names from various clans, a part of the uh, the, for the Chunin exams uh, as they as these uh, Naruto Sas- Sasuke and Sakura are training to be like these journeymen uh, ninja. And uh, I don't know, all the freaks have come out because it seemed like there was only a handful of characters in the story. And now we've been introduced to like a new dozen and a half characters. They're all fucking weirdos. Everybody oh. looks like the coolest motherfucker you've ever seen. They've all got cool raps and tattoos and art and different things and styles. It makes like Sasuke, Sakura and Naruto look like a bunch of dorks in comparison, mm-hmm. which I think is the point. Um, we And I did get to meet the boy, uh, Rock Lee the dumbest dude ever but also like (laughs) i understand why everyone likes him because his whole thing is like i don't even have magic i'm just strong (laughs) as hell and i was like that's a flex i like that um so yeah the the only thing that's irking me about this series so far is that naruto is a kid who barely feels like the main character of his own story everybody around naruto is so much more interesting has so much more going on for them and naruto's kind of just like i'm a weird kid and he's got his hands hands behind his head and i don't understand what that pose is but it's on every single page of this freaking story it seems like um but i'm set to read this series um for better for worse i do like a lot of the things that i've seen and i can despite some of my annoyances i can really see how this book starts to widen and become really really interesting um i know a lot of folks say the series picks up after naruto gets a little bit older i think he, he like there's like a time jump or something um or it becomes shippuden i think that's the the next part of the series um kind of like dragon ball into dragon ball z is that like a good comparison you think paloma yeah there's like a time skip and okay. then like like with dragon ball z naruto shippuden is like the majority of the series compared okay. to naruto okay cool well yeah so i'm i'm in it I'm in it to win it. I think this is going to be a fun read. I've been telling myself that I wanted to do this since I got caught up on One Piece. And now that I'm like up to date with everything and in my comic journey has been like all over the place because I'm not buying new comics as regularly. I'm trying to read everything that I have. Naruto has been on my forever list right next to Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. So I, there's a chance that I might like start bouncing back and forth between those two series to get like some childish ridiculousness out of the way and then some serious Swamp Thing love story out of the way as well <laughs> so to, to get some emotional whiplash yeah yeah yeah. i love if you listen to the last week's show i went from reading blue is the warmest color an extremely sad comic to transformers and i'm still not recovered yet so um yeah i don't know we'll see how it goes but n- nonetheless i'm loving it i think i think naruto is really fun um it's just a little annoying but i i understand like one piece was like that when it started dragon ball was like that when it started it's very childish and then it eventually kind of grows up i think along with its audience so i'm excited to get to those parts where it's not so like irksome and more just like cool ninja shit <laughs> i'll i'll have to give that a try because i tried watching the naruto naruto anime back mm-hmm. in the day back in high school when it was on toonami or whatever and i really didn't like it mm-hmm. but i think most of what i didn't like was the way the main character was shrieking all the time <laughs> um it's the same problem i had why i can't get past the middle of the first season of demon slayer oh, yeah. because oh, as soon as that little that blonde motherfucker shows up <laughs> that's fair i I've, i tried twice and he came back and i was like oh right this is why i stopped yeah <laughs> Uh, and I don't, uh, so maybe I'll like that better in print too. Well, and, that, and that's the thing; it, it's it's such an interesting trade off, right? Because the Demon Slayer anime is so beautiful, but I agree. Like some of those characters are; it's just a lot of screaming and yelling. Mm-hmm. But the manga, the manga is very good, but you do lose out on some of the beautiful am- animation that happens in the show. So like. There's a little bit of a trade-off, but um, I think the Demon Slayer manga reads like butter. However, you will yeah. be so dissatisfied by the end because everything wraps up so quickly. 
it's almost like I wish that there was another 200 chapters to explore all the things that get like laid out on the table. But you have to like recognize that the story is about one singular thing from start to finish. And if you can grasp that, the story works. Um, otherwise, I was a little frustrated when I first read it and then I, you know, recontextualize it. But yeah, Brian, come on this seven chapter, 700 chapter journey with me on Naruto. <laughs> Please. <God. laughs> anyway, I, I don't know if you were going to say it. So I didn't mean to cut you off there. I just. <laughs> No, sorry. I went silent as I considered the magnitude of what I what I may have signed myself up for. Listen, it's that or we do this idea that I had with Nick where we you and I, we buy a pack of 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 Pokemon cards and then we open them and each volume or each time we open a pack of Pokemon cards, we read a volume of the Pokemon manga. And then by the end of it, we try to make the best deck that we can out of all of the booster packs that we've opened. Um and then we fight against each other online or something i don't know i don't know how that would work that's incredible the last piece but it's an idea it's a good idea we'll we'll cook on it yeah, and yeah, see yeah. If, we come up with anything. <laughs> if you're interested in that send me an email ircbpodcast at gmail.com but let's move on to comics on the top of our pile comics that are new or old or books that we're just trying to read off of our shelves um, before we get into what we're reading next i want to shout out some of the folks hanging out with us on discord today if you want to join our discord there's a link in the show notes. You can join our Patreon, get access to all the stuff that we're reading top of our pile when we're not on the show, which is a whole other side of things. But for now, Hugh is reading Duke at number three. Aaron is going to be reading Nimona. Kyle's reading Cosmonite's book two, which I have it on my shelf. I need to read that as well. Danny's going to be reading What If Venom, which I thought was a, a question for me. If he was, <laughs> I thought he was reading Venom number one. And he said, Mike, what if venom um he's reading what if venom number one and paul g is reading the ec archives tales from the crypt volume one uh <laughs> paloma let me bounce back to you what is on the top of your pile on the top of my pile is a graphic novel that came out recently by brie wolf from iron circus press called hex americana it has race cars high speed racing a ghost that lives inside a race car maybe ghost human love Oh, so I'm intrigued. The art looks like a lot of fun. I feel like very cartoony in a cool, fun way of like mixing like manga influence and like uh, Western cartoons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just excited for that. It's like nice and thick. I just want to be thrown into this world. And I wasn't ex and I flipped through and I wasn't expecting maybe ghost romance. Seems a little hard if the ghost can I live in the race car, but we'll see. I mean, the the art that I'm seeing on the the preview, I, I found a link to this on uh, on Bree Wolf's website. Uh, it mm. reminds me of like a combination of Gravity Falls and Steven Universe, which is like yes. two really awesome things m mashed together. Um, but this looks this looks very cute, and very fun. How did you uh, how did you come across this book? Um, I was just at the local comic shop and I was like, oh, that looks cool as heck. Oh, nice. <laughs> Those are the best kinds of purchases. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me let me talk about what's on the top of my pile then. Um, I'm reading Axe Wielder John. Uh, this is by Nick Patara. It's originally published on Zoop as part of like a Zoop campaign. Um, the synopsis for this story is a ruthless killer in a world of monsters and mayhem makes a precious discovery and learns what a man is willing to lose to protect what he loves most. It's an epic adventure in every sense of the world. We're just going to huge whiplash into t different types of tones of comics here. Um, but I'm ready for some nasty, brutal monsters and violence. The only kind that I think that Nick Patara can deliver. If you've ever seen any of uh, Nick Patara's other work, you know that he he really, really likes to make things look gross and violent. Mm -hmm. He's he's done a bunch of work with like Jonathan Hickman. He worked on Judge Dredd, uh, Micronauts, uh, Rocco's Modern Life. What am I finding? This is just covers. I'm looking through, sorry, Wikipedia. Uh, but yeah, he's done a bunch of really interesting stuff. He's got this very detailed kind of, I want to say like almost gross art style. Uh, I think he did Manhattan Projects with Jonathan Hickman. Yeah. I really, really like his, his the look of his things, which is why I was super excited to grab this book. But yeah, it's a huge comic. It's like a very, very tall comic. Um, so it doesn't fit nicely on my shelf, but the art on the inside is stupendous. Um, it, it feels a lot less detailed than some of his Manhattan Projects work. But when there is detail, it's it's incredible um, from just the handful of pages that I, I, I flipped through. So um, really looking forward to this. I know that a couple of other people on like our Discord also grabbed this book, so I'd be curious to know what other folks thought. But um, Brian, let me let me kick it over to you. What is on the top of your pile? Uh, well, I decided to go obscure mm. this week. Um, picked a book that I don't think many of you have heard of. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, Paloma just read ahead in the notes. Uh, <laughs> TMNT: The Last Ronin. <laughs> I'm not. That's right. It's, with it's that finally one. happening. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. 
I've only had Nick telling me how good it is for what two years Something now, like three that. years. Yeah, yeah. I'm finally committing to it. Bless. I have heard I have heard nothing but good things about it. I'm curious because like my needle teetle history um, is that I watched the cartoons a little bit growing up. Like my grandpa had a Foot Clan action figure I would play with when I went over there. Whoa. Wow. Uh, that that was a memory I just unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if if it's as good as everybody says it is, I don't think that should matter mm-hmm. a whole lot. Like everything I've heard tells me that this is just a banger story. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to uh, seeing if I if I dislike it, and then I can fight with Kara and Nick in the chat for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's going to be an episode where I just go hands off. I'm just going to say, you t- you three, just do whatever you need to do. Keep it under 45 minutes. I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm... Mike, Mike is there to pull Kara off me <laughs> when, I, when I go too far. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, you know, here's the thing, Brian. I, I feel like my my TMNT history was about the same as you. Like I've maybe read some, some of the black and white comics and some of the other things, but like really the majority of the history is like the video games and the cartoon a little bit. And I jumped into this just loving it. So I I think you'll do fine as well. So I'm excited to hear what you think Um, with that though. Let's, let's pause. Let's take a quick break. Uh, And when we come back, we're going to be talking all about our good pal Paloma. I'm very excited. We got some really fun questions and I'm looking forward in our notes. We got some amazing answers. So um, we'll be back in just a second. For the second half of our show today, we are talking about our good pal Paloma. All things Paloma, it's going to be so much fun, I promise. No one should be intimidated. No one should feel bad, um, especially now Paloma. I don't know why I say it like that. Now you maybe are intimidated. Maybe you do feel bad. No, I'm I'm very excited to talk to you uh, today, Brian and Paloma, because uh, we're talking about Paloma in general, and I have a bunch of questions for her. Um, first episode that Paloma was ever on, she guested. This is on episode 282, Chock Full of Left Turns. Um, I don't know what we talked about in the episode. I just grabbed the title. And then fast forward a hundred, almost 100 episodes later, 150 episodes later, we decided to bring you on to the regular rotating cast. Mm-hmm. And that was starting with episode 339, Bat in One Ear, Bats Out the Other. Because, uh, <laughs> of course, we were talking about Batman when you were on the show, right? Oh, yes. Um, but I guess the, the question that I have at, the, at my core that I want to answer before we get things started, which is, who is Paloma? And when you're not reading comics, what else are you into? So maybe tell folks at home a little bit about yourself and what other things you're into beyond comic books. Yeah, about me is it's hard to separate myself from comics because I work at some people's local comic shops. So it's my <laughs> livelihood. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also in ninth grade, we had to write, what's your dream one day? What's your dream job? And I wrote to work at a comic book store. So I would say I'm winning. Hell yeah. But oh yeah. Outside of comics, I really like collecting future trunks stuff, little statues, little figures, little blind boxes if I'm lucky. I don't go out of my way for budgetary reasons. It's more I come to them, they come to me. I'm not questing for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when the stars align. Exactly. Exactly. I forgot to grab um, some to feature on camera, but that is okay since this is a auditory medium anyway. <laughs> but I would say that's my main collecting thing right now. Okay. Do you it's have quite casual? So you have like figurines of various sizes. Do you have like an actual future trunks sword? Because we're talking about trunks from Dragon Whoa! Ball Z, right? Yes. Okay. I don't have a sword. I didn't even consider that. <laughs> Um, well, we'll have to talk to Xander because I know Xander has actual <laughs> physical metal swords at his house. Maybe he can he can hook you up with his person. Wow. Why are you outing Xander as a sword I, guy? I, like I, I'm sorry, Xander, you can bleep that if you I don't know. <laughs> <sighs> but okay. But you're but you're mostly into figurines and, and things of that nature. Do you have like what's the biggest figurine that you have? Um, they're not huge. Maybe like I'm. Lo- I can see one right now. I won't turn the camera though, but probably just maybe a foot. Okay. Maybe just shy of a ruler length. I have a trunks, and it's done in like that way. If you've seen like anime statues that are painted a certain way, where they look like they're from the anime, that kind of like that nice. shading. Yeah. And it's just him and his purple hair. You can't see, but I like he has his like fist kind of at the ready. He's just ready to go. 
Very cool. I would say that was my biggest, again, nothing huge. Prefer him with his purple hair. Mm-hmm. I don't need him Super Saiyan. I have some Super Saiyan ones as treats. I have a treat one where he's just got the hyperbolic time chamber with his long hair. Real ones, no. Um, but my future Trunks collection is also a little controversial. Um, it's probably my girlfriend's worst opinion or thing about herself is she doesn't get it. She doesn't get future Trunks. <laughs> She wait, doesn't wait. get future trunks at all. Wait, so she, she gets other Dragon Ball Z characters, but not no, future trunks? No, okay, she okay. hates Dragon No. <laughs> but like I feel like if you didn't even like Dragon Ball Z, okay, you okay. would get future trunks. Sure, 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 sure. Tell me if I'm wrong in the chat, listeners, later. Um, you would be wrong if you said that you don't get future trunks, but you could. St- that's your opinion to have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think Future Trunks came on the scene when I was in like seventh grade. So I was primed for that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's exactly the age you should be when you get introduced to Future Trunks. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I, so, I mean, so beyond, I guess, collecting Future Trunks figures when you can, mm-hmm. when when the universe aligns, I guess, what other what are the things are you into that are not necessarily comic book related? I would say circling back in the same vein to like you getting into Pokemon TCG, Mike. I'm like a casual Magic the Gathering commander girly. Okay. Where I kind of just play with like the same five people because they know all the like words and meanings and they're like patient, like to have a good time. Mm hmm. So sometimes magic will take over. I've drastically reduced the amount of like booster packs I buy because I'm like, I'm not working towards anything. This is just the thrill. Mm-hmm. But my I have a deck that I'm really proud of. It's my unicorns deck, which is basically what you'd imagine. There's just a bunch of unicorns and the deck works to make these unicorns more powerful. Very cool. I, I, I'm so glad that Nick is not on this episode. Um as Nick has gotten very into Magic the Gathering. Um oh. but, Yeah, this would have been a thirty yeah, minute tag. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so and and with that, so the goal of this like and for maybe those at home who aren't familiar, Commander's like a hundred card deck. Every card has mm-hmm. to be different. You're trying to build around like a specific unicorn, so or a specific character. Yes. Who is your commander? Is it like a, a really beefy, super cool unicorn or something? It's like a low key unicorn. It's it's like pre- they're all like basically your standard white unicorns, okay. and this one is just there. Very does you don't need a lot of mana to summon him, which is a bonus. Mm-hmm. And his quirk, like his trigger, is that every time you like summon like a unicorn, you can add make it stronger. You can add counters to it. It gets like a plus one plus one counter, mm-hmm. and then it has haste. So I think it can like attack immediately. Doesn't have the summoning sickness. Right, right. The classic make my monsters grow strategy. Exactly. <laughs> um, but it hasn't popped off in the way that I want it to. I think I have really good cards, but every time I've played it, I like maybe only ever get three unicorns. I have at least twenty unicorns in this deck, <laughs> and I'm only I've only really ever had three at a time, like three for an entire game. Interesting. So. I- one day. I know that Magic does a lot of like crossover stuff. Like the, they did Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. they did Baldur's Gate. I was really hoping that you were going to say that your commander was the last unicorn from oh. the movie. See, that would be amazing. I was worried as soon as you said that, Brian, that you were going to say Paloma is your whole deck just full of My Little Ponies unicorns because no. that that would work with the Hasbro owning them, right? They have Transformers I didn't know there was cards. Unicorns. Oh, they guess. do, yes. Yeah, there's gonna be Fallout ones too soon, oh, like Aaron pointed out in the chat. Oh, oh boy. Um, yeah, I, it, Danny is making the right assessment. If you thought the IRCB podcast could not get any nerdier, that is correct. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what's what? Before we keep on this magic tangent, um, what can you tell us about one more thing that you're into that's that's maybe not comic book directly related? Yes. Um, I'll keep it more nerdy still. I like building Gundams. Oh. Um, I don't do anything too crazy. There's mm-hmm. high grade, which I feel like is a very accessible grade and kind of like what I think a lot of stores carry. Like if you just walked into like your casual hobby shop or a place mm-hmm. that like has like mixed nerd things. Uh, yeah, I just like and a lot of the Gundams that I build, I have like no attachment to in terms of series. I just okay. like the design. I do have like 
Ariel from Witch from Mercury. Got, built that one recently. And now I'm sitting on one that I was really questing for. Again, just a high grade. I do want to level up. It's one of the other ones where you like build its like little internal skeleton and then you add all the armor that we all recognize as a Gundam. So I, I, I'm totally not in the world of like Gundam oh. building at all. So when you say high grade, this is like a specific tier of like type of Gundam that you can build from scratch. You have to cut out all the pieces and snap them all together. Or mm -hmm. is it is there and then there's another level above that that is even more intricate? Yeah, so I can't remember all the ones right. I don't remember what the highest grade is. Sure. There's a real grade somewhere, but it's I don't like know where that falls. like actual engineer who built the full-size mecha <laughs> in Japan. Yes. <laughs> yes, but some of the more intricate ones, I have built I've built one of them just cuz my brother had one. He's like, "I don't want this." And I was like, oh, "Okay." But you build like it's kind of like skeleton to make it probably more like sturdier mm -hmm. and like Poseable, make it like maybe? more yeah make it more poseable okay and it's just like sturdy sturdier i guess would be the appeal not that people are playing with these typically but a high grade is like like i'm snapping the arm together these two pieces here's the forearm mm -hmm. with a higher level one i've built the skeleton and now i'm putting its little armor pieces on the oh. skeleton i built would be the difference okay okay i, I know that it. people take those like very high I'm going to say high definition. That's not the right word. Uh, versions of those. And they and they pose them for like very, very high grade, like uh, like photo shoots and stuff to yes. like reenact like these different sequences from the anime and the manga and stuff. Um, so, yeah. OK, but you're 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 at the step that's like you said, more accessible, probably easier for someone like myself who's mm -hmm. never done any kind of Gundam oh, yeah. building before to just like show up and maybe put one together. I cannot get into another hobby. I cannot. I absolutely <laughs> cannot. But this sounds very cool. Um <laughs> There's a there's a game that either either it just came out or it's coming out soon called Gundam Breaker 4 that is like essentially Gunpla the video game. What? Hold on. Uh What? I just saw this on it was on like the the Nintendo Direct that was just this week or something like sure. that. But yeah, like you you collect pieces and you could like kit bash your own Gundam in the game and then That's like cool. take it out into fights and see how it does and get new parts from the fights and that's that's very cool well Paloma if you want to save a couple bucks maybe buying this one-time video game might be yes. the, the solution um I love that but let's let me let's let me wrangle things back to comic books here um I am curious how did your comic reading journey start obviously we've we on the show have been reading comics for a very, very long time, but I'm always curious to know what got you into comics and then what got you hooked on comics beyond just, oh, I enjoy these things for fun and out turning into now I'm going to buy these things regularly. Yeah, I would say I was very lucky as a kid where I lived like three blocks away from a comic book store. Oh, nice. And it was like attached to like a build like real close to the post office so my mom would go to the post office pretty often and so we would come along and then we would go into the comic book store next door and like read their like little archie digest or betty and veronica digest they had like a great 25 cent pile so i was exposed to it for a long time i was also just like into reading and drawing that's what comic books are so it appealed to me and then in sixth grade we had to do like a research paper, like here's how you do a research paper, kids. And I was just like, I'm going to do mine on like the history of like superhero comics. And so my mom bought me um, the now probably very outdated edition of like a DC Comics encyclopedia. Mm -hmm. And I would say the rest is history from there. Now I'm like the superhero girly when like we would have to answer trivia questions in like school in like sixth grade. There was one it's like what? like alfred pennyworth is the butler to who and i was like oh batman and like my class was like whoa <laughs> she's the comic book girl that's awesome so yeah that's the entry point and then i guess once i just realized as like either in middle school early high school just walked to the store i'm like oh the next installment of like the batman series is in this was pre one year later in the dc universe if that gives any context for people Maybe mm -hmm. this is 2007. I can't, I don't remember the the dates at all, but I believe I was subbed to like, subscribe to like Batman and Detective 
maybe something featuring Tim Drake. Mm-hmm. And I I do like Marvel books. I think I I just always end up just reading so like DC stuff on my poll. Sure, but sure. I do I do love Marvel. Do love X Men. But yeah, and then I think early high school went to a different local comic shop, and my dad was like sold on Punisher Max. And okay. we just shared a poll list. I did not read Punisher Max as a as a youth. Sure. <laughs> probably for the best. Probably for the yeah. best. Right? Yeah, that's good. You don't seem like the kind of person who was traumatized like that. <laughs> yeah. Um so so but you you know, you read you read X-Men and stuff, uh, you read a lot of Batman stuff. Who is your favorite Bat family member? I know we've covered this on the show before, but I wanna I wanna refresh folks at home. I would say favorite Bat fam member. It's I know to put probably you on the spot. a tie, which is cheating. No, don't worry. I have my answers. I was just trying to be like, do I say one? But I'm going to say two. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Would be Nightwing and then Cassandra Kane Batgirl. Mm. Nightwing's a blast. Cassandra Kane, I feel like, had a journey, a cool journey of development, opening her shell. You'll ask me a question later. So Cassandra Kane, I feel like a similar answer to a different answer I will have, where I like it when there's like, a teen girl, because I'm a teen at the time when I'm meeting these characters, teen girl who's really good at fighting, not so good at socializing. Mm. I liked that. I liked that she was so good at one thing, but then not good at where Nightwing shines. He's he's a socialite. He's fun. He's lovable. He's cool. He's beautiful. Mm-hmm. You get the best of, of both worlds in the Bat family, exactly. right? Well, I mean, let's just get right into that question that we we have already kind of gotten the answer to, but in a different, you know, genre, which is who's your favorite X-Men character? Because I know you and I, I think over the years that we've known each other have bonded over X-Men. I mean, for mm-hmm. the record, Paloma and I met in college when I ran this comic book club um, yes. and we, you know, talked about millions and millions of different things even back then before there was even a podcast, before I even dreamed of having a comic book podcast. <laughs> um, and here we are. So got to know for the folks at home. Who is your favorite X-Men character? Okay, this time I did just choose one, and it was hard, mm. and I could always list 10, but I'm going to say one would be Laura Kinney slash X-23 slash all-new Wolverine. Love to hear it. That girl has had wild development, and she's she's Wolverine's girl clone. Maybe they retconned her to somehow be his daughter. I'm not super current. That's okay. But she's his girl clone. Um, who was raised in a lab, trained to... I forgot all the names of everything, so apologies, listeners, but she was raised to be a mega super assassin, only knows how to fight, barely knows how to talk, only knows how to kill. Mm-hmm. And then she gets uh, rescued by Wolverine. He's like, not a good dad. O- only good dad to Kitty Pride Jubilee and others. Not a Not a good dad to the clone that shares his dna and actually can relate to him right 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 so he throws her in a team of like this like new x-men academy x days and um no one can relate to her but she's here to protect them anyway and she's just she's grown so much she knows how to love and trust her teammates she's arguably far more normal now and well adjusted Mm mm-hmm I loved her all-new... Certainly by X-Men standards. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, Her all-new Wolverine run. I think it's written by Tom Taylor. Yeah. Um, That was was great. I feel like that really took the character to where she needed to be. Like, it made sense. She didn't, like, regress into, like, being, like, a brooding kind of, like, killer. She was like, I'm I'm just going to try to grow. And she did. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, she, I mean, that series is fantastic because she kind of had to grow because she was given the, she, she did what Wolverine couldn't in, mm-hmm. in his, in when, when, when Laura first showed up, right? Where Wolverine didn't know how to be a good parent to her. And instead she shows up and she's got these clone sisters of her and she's like, yes, I can't, I can't fuck them up. Like it, oh, such a good so series. Good. I mean, Tom so Taylor good. got that character better than I think some other previous writers had. But then again, mm-hmm. we did have some pretty awesome runs with that character in the past as well. Like the Academy oh, yeah. X stuff is amazing. The The road trip series where she's just like traveling with Gambit. I didn't think I could get yes. a perfect comic book, you know, like, oh, oh, yes. So good. I forgot about how could I forget? That was incredible. I know, right? <laughs> didn't know that was the combo we needed. Look, 
Those are our favorite characters, everybody. I'm not. I hope I'm not speaking for you, Mike. Or are oh you yeah, just, yeah. Is Gambit just your future Trunks? I mean, pretty he, much. He's also your favorite. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I, you know that is a good way to put it. Yes, yeah, Gambit <laughs> is my future Trunks because I also find like whenever I can get little minifigures and stuff of him, I just do. But I never seek them out. Yes, that's perfect. <laughs> oh man, that's amazing. Well, um, I guess to to move forward, we've got one more question here. Um, that I wrote down, which is, what are your top? three favorite manga i know this is like a really really hard top anything is always really hard but i figure i know you read also a lot of manga on top of a lot of big two stuff um or a bunch of western comics in general so curious what are your top three favorite manga this one was hard and i feel like my top picks i've all read within like the last five years and i've I've read manga for a long time uh but okay i'll say my top three Mm-hmm. My third one's a little iffy. I don't, I don't know yet, but my top three would be BL Metamorphosis. Yeah. Phenomenal. Five volumes. Maybe one of the best manga I've ever read. Yes. Totally yeah. up there. Yeah. Quick, quickest pitch. Teenage girl who's super shine awkward works in a bookstore. You have an old lady widow and she comes into the bookstore and the girl he recommends her a BL boys love manga and mm-hmm. they bond over that and then they have, they, they get together from time to time and talk about it. Masterful. Yes, it it the the pitch for that is so hard, but it is like one mm-hmm. of the most loving, comforting comics I've ever read. Totally agree mm-hmm. with that. My next pick. This is ongoing, so it could betray me down the line, but I don't think so. <laughs> it evokes similar feelings to BL Metamorphosis, where I'm just like, humanity is precious. My second pick is Skip and Loafer. The characters are so genuine and sincere. This is like a high school slice of life. Don't know if it's categorized as shoujo yet, but there seem to be some romantic elements. You just have like a a plucky country girl, goes to prestigious high school in Tokyo because she wants to be a politician to make small towns um, more livable because it's it's hard out there. They don't put money into that economy. And Mm -hmm. she's just genuine and she's not necessarily bound by social norms so some of her friends are like her name's mitsuki and her friends and classmates will be like this girl's got gumption she's a little embarrassing but she's got gumption hmm interesting i like your kid you got spunk exactly that that sounds really like sounds like a really nice book though it sounds like it's very like mm-hmm. i don't want to say soft but it does feel like again Biomorphosis, where it's very just comforting and like it's not action packed and it just kind of like lets you sit with it. I like that. I like that a lot. Yes. It's been on my anime to watch list for a long time. Mm. The anime is pretty good too. I, I like the anime adaptation, of what I've seen. And then my third, I didn't branch out with these, I guess. <laughs> That's okay. I, it's just so <laughs> hard for me to commit to like a so a show, shonen to put in my top. Mm-hmm. I'm like, some of them, like, I don't know if it's good or if I just like it. Like, right. I don't want to be attached to that. <laughs> I, they make, you know, it makes me too angry. If I had thought about this, I would have added a little disclaimer, I think, to this question, which is like, just because it's your favorite doesn't mean that it's good. It's one of those things where like, oh, I love some that's stuff true. that's definitely not good, but I just <laughs> love it, you know? Um, so that's either fair. way, either way, if you have a third pick, well, let's go with it. And maybe we could talk more in the post credits about some of the other books that you were maybe considering. Mm hmm. For you know, for Patreon folks, if you if you subscribe, you get access yes. to our post credits. I'm just throwing that out there, but go ahead. Okay, well, I'm gonna change up what I wrote then, just to branch out. This one I think is gonna be in terms of shonen co- controversial. This is ongoing, mm. and I'm sure I'll redact this later on <laughs> uh, once the series ends. I'm gonna say Jujutsu Kaisen solely because it has. It's like a shonen in a long time that has me angry, that had me hooked, that had me hopeful. Do I think the writing right now is good? Technically, no. <laughs> but I look forward to it every week. I could say Sakamoto Days because it's actually been good the whole time. But I'm going to say Jujutsu Kaisen for now. Wow. Controversial. I hate that manga. I like. I don't think... I, it's what? crazy. Okay it's a whole it's a whole thing i so many people okay so i went and got my hair cut this past week uh and as i was there what a weird way for this story to start. <laughs> follow me on this went to go get my hair cut and i sit down and i noticed that the barber has like some jujitsu kaisen like little minifigures on his shelf with all of his other stuff and i was like oh do you watch that show he goes oh no that's actually the guy next to me it's all of his stuff and i was like oh man 
He's like, do you like it? And I was like, I, and I had to think about it because I know all about it. Like I've, I'm, I read like 180 chapters of it, right? Like, oh, I got, I got into it. Okay. So it, yes, yeah. I got into it and I was, I had to think about it and I was like, I think, I think I actively hate this manga. <laughs> and, Holy crap. And it, it's mostly because I, it, I'm so frustrated by the story and how it went. It basically peaked after like 120 chapters and I don't think it could ever be as good as it was. And I say that having read I those hundred, I got to the, the Shibuya arc, right? Like the arc, right? Oh, you finished yeah, yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And so I got to Shibuya Fair. arc and I was like, this is the coolest manga I've ever read. And then 131 or whatever the next chapter was, it, everything is just not good. And then every single person we in, yeah. we meet after that is like they need two and a half pages of prose explanation to describe how their power works so that the next page after the prose, a thing can happen. That is terrible writing. And it's so frustrating because everything is. on page is so cool in theory. But the fact that everything is coupled with like these pages and pages of prose to explain like one little thing is like so needlessly complicated. Like you, you, you realize, and I'm sorry, Paloma, to hijack your entire episode to go on a rant here. Um, <laughs> but the thing that kills me is like, you know that you can just say it's stupid and it's magic and that you don't have to do this mm -hmm. right and for some reason it happens consistently it just makes me so mad i like actively stopped reading in the middle of what i thought was a really cool fight because we got to the third chapter in a row where there was just multiple pages of of prose captions to explain this guy's jackpot power or whatever the hell it was so wow yes do you know you know what i'm talking about here maybe oh ex okay. exactly okay. okay but all your critiques are my critiques and Maybe it's just up there because it just sparked. It, it was like, again, this was controversial. My girlfriend was like, oh, you could say Jutsu Kaisen. And I was like, are you kidding me? No, <laughs> I wouldn't say that in my top three. You know what, Paloma? It is 100% fine because I don't think that my verdict of this book is like God's will by any means. It is just my problem with the book. And I've I've heard people, you're correct. people explain that that is something that intrigues them and makes them interested about the book because there is so much explanation, so much to understand. Mm. And I'm like, you know what? Teach their own. That's fine. But my, <laughs> oh, it's so bizarre. I think that's the flip side too. Not everything we like is good. Not everything we dislike yeah. is bad. Yeah, exactly. That's true. And the fact that so many Jutsu people- Kaisen is both good and bad, just so yeah. we're clear. The, but the fact that so many people are hyped up about it, like, means that there is clearly like a big excited fan base. And I, there has to be, I hope that, hope this, there has to be something good about it. You know, maybe it's, this is just not for me. But I, you know what, I, I, I'm so pleased that you, you, uh, you were honest with us. You were vulnerable with us about this, Paloma. <laughs> I. I had some of the Shibuya arc spoiled uh, for me and just uh, stopped watching the anime oh, for a yeah. while. Oh, that hurts. So it's like, well, now that I know that's going to happen, right? I don't, I want to live in a world where that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I like, we like read the Shibuya arc and was like loving season two. And I was like, I, I'm just not going to watch the last two episodes. I, I don't need to, I've seen enough. I read enough. Mm. I don't need to relive it. Yeah. Why put yourself yeah, to bed again? <laughs> Oh, well, uh, oh boy, I, I was looking at what you wrote in the notes and then what you said, my brain is just, just, <laughs> I'm, it's elsewhere. I had to spice it up. It's been blasted out of my skull. Um, that's amazing. Brian, before we get to our last question, were there any questions that you had burning in your mind that you wanted to toss over to Plum? I realize I've been just driving this train like it's, it's my job. Well, it kind of is your job. So <laughs> that works out. Uh, no, I mean, every, everything that you've asked are all questions that had occurred to me before Perfect. the episode. So I think we're on the same page. Well, then we'll get to the last question before we wrap up this episode, which is knowing Brian and I for a bit and beyond the show, you've actually known Brian and I for, for quite a long time. We were all in the same comic book club together in college and stuff. Um, what is a comic that you would rec recommend to each of us? One for me, one for Brian. Okay. I thought about this and like, I, I put some thought into both of these. So for Mike, Volume one of this maybe is collect will be collected in May, but for Mike, I have Nights by Wyatt Kennedy and Luigi Formisano it's from Image Comics. Okay. It's currently ongoing. It's on my pull list. Okay. And the pitch here is what we know as North America has been alternate reality divided up all odd. So like 
Southern U.S. is owned by Spain. There's ghouls, vampires, different kind of monsters running around. Also Florida, so it's extra. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Extra odd and freaky. I think this takes place in an alternate early 2000s right now, if I'm remembering correctly. And we follow like a young boy named Vince who has to move in with his cousin Ivory, his older cousin Ivory, who's maybe like an underground hitman. No one knows that. Also in the house is this cool guy named Matt. We do it. We have a little time skip. He ends up dying. And when you die, you're a skeleton. And if you haven't resolved yourself, you're like a skeleton on earth dead. And then if you can't like solve your purpose or like gain closure in like 25 years or something, maybe 10 mm-hmm. You're like just kaput. And then finally, we have Gray, the vampire, cool girl. She can fly and float. There's something sinister inside of her that we don't know about. Interesting. Then classic like flash forward of things to come. She's like a catalyst for something crazy. We don't know yet. Just a little flash forward. It has like awesome expressive art that's kind of like manga inspired in its expressions. Mm -hmm. Has a bunch of nerdy references. We're meeting more characters. We're getting a cast of characters. They don't have powers, but team, X-Men teams, uh-huh. and some manga inspiration. The dialogue's awesome. I just like the world. There's some elements that I don't like. Again, I mentioned a vampire. Another's a vampire. The romance element can be a little, eh, because you have someone that's been alive for over 100 years right. and someone who hasn't been. That's my one thing. But yeah, the art's good. I just love the world. It's another one where I'm just like some things I don't know what what to expect, mm-hmm. but it's just fun. Well, you've you've it's just fun and zany. One hundred percent sold me. You know, it's funny. I I've seen the covers for this book, and something just never drew me in. But if you're saying that it's good, immediately this is top of my pull list. I'm grabbing that trade when it comes out, or I'll I'll see if I can find those those previous issues or something like that. But that sounds super cool. Yeah, you had me at ghouls. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. And then for Brian, I thought of this one based off of an assumption that you read How Do We Relationship? Am I making that up? Oh, yeah. No, we've talked about it before. Okay, right. Okay. So I'm suggesting um, Monthly in the Garden with My Landlord, Volume 1. And this is by Yodakawa, published by Yen Press in English. And we follow... A uh, protagonist, can't remember her name right now. She's recently dumped. She's a manga editor. Her girlfriend recently dumped her for being too doting. Weird. Hmm. And so she has to go live somewhere else. She meets a really cute, beautiful, spunky young landlord. Beautiful women are her weakness. And the landlord's like, oh, yeah, I'm don't. I, I'm an offsite landlord. She finds out that her landlord just lives in like this little attic cubby. And she's like, that's not what you said. The landlord is very young. So then our main character is kind of like taking care of her and stuff. And then like the big reveal, I don't think there's a spoiler. It might be the pitch on the back is that the landlord is a recently retired J-pop idol. (laughs) So then there's J-pop perspectives. It's very, it's a very chill, very slice of life. There's just that element comes around later. We meet her old J-pop group. Um, the manga editor's client, her manga artist, happens to love the J-pop group that Miss Landlord was formerly a part of. It's funny and charming. It doesn't have the yeah. angst of how do we relationship so far. So if you were in how do we relationship for the angst, it's not there yet. Yet. Yeah. No, I'm already. I'm already buying this. This is <laughs> awesome. See, here's the thing. I knew bringing Paloma on, we were going to get some killer recommendations. I didn't think that they were going to be this high grade. So what I'm excited for is <laughs> the next episode we do with someone. They have to compete with this, which is going to be amazing. Uh, but Paloma, thank you so much. These are these are very amazing, insightful you know, recommendations from you. So, um, And I hope everybody at home had a good time listening to get, get to know Paloma a little bit better. This has been a blast. Um, and so I guess to say to wrap things up, next week's show is going to be me and Nick and Paul. We're going to be talking comics as per usual, but it's, you know, the boys are back in town. That's what I keep saying to myself. Um, <laughs> I want to say thank you to Brian and Paloma for this episode. Double thank you, Paloma, again for this. This has been really, really fun. Uh, thank you to Kara for proof listening. Thank you to everyone listening live. You're fantastic. Uh, remember, we do episodes every Sunday at 1 p.m. on Discord if you want to come hang out with us when we record these episodes. But until next time, comics are good. And so are you. Okay.